here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here, our number, 877-381-3811, First of all, it's very strange that people who are likely to seek the presidency or seeking the presidency feel compelled to answer questions from a, from a friend of mine, even, a, uh, a broadcaster. It's very weird. But that said, it happened. And they've all dutifully applied. I wonder if I set a set of questions out to these candidates. You think I'd get all the answers, Mr. Producer? We have more listeners during the course of a week on this show than any three or four cable TV shows combined. But that's not the way I roll. That's not the way I roll, but apparently it's the way some people roll in the uh, presidential sweepstakes. I'm not going to pick on any one candidate, even though I am disappointed in one in particular. But I want to talk about this again. You see, the, the media are very desperate for a fight. The New York Times, of course, wrongly describes this as a battle between the Hawks and the establishment versus Trump and DeSantis. That's that's not what this is. Was Ronald Reagan part of the establishment? It took him three times to get the nomination from the establishment Republicans. He won by the biggest popular vote and electoral college landslides of any Republican in history. He was hardly establishment. In fact, the establishment Republicans in the 70s and 80s were very much against Reagan's approach to building up the U.S. military peace through strength, battling the Soviets through satellite nations, whether in Africa, Central South America, Afghanistan, or other places. 
He didn't send troops everywhere, but he did in fact send arms, know-how, and money. The goal was to defeat the Soviet Union and defeat it that way and defeat it economically. The Kissingers of the world believed in detente. Nixon, Ford, the Bushes. Reagan rejected detente. And things have come full circle. We have candidates, including friends of mine, who apparently are more Kissinger than Reagan. More Kissinger than Reagan. I don't think that's going to go very well. I really don't. And then on top of that, we have an utterly incompetent and buffoonish commander-in-chief who's neither a chief nor a commander who complicates these matters even more. So this isn't a battle between the D.C. elites and the populists. The populists have yet to put out a manifesto, a doctrine of their foreign policy. Great foreign policy ideas from populists. I'm still waiting for that book. I'd love to have the author on the show. But they don't have any ideas. What is their foreign policy doctrine? They don't have a foreign policy doctrine. American first, American first. That's a bumper sticker. I believe in America first, which is why I disagree with so many of them. But populists and populism does have a long history in the Marxist socialist movement of the late 1800s, really about 18, excuse me, 1876 or so forward, and they turned into the modern-day progressives, which has turned into the modern-day Marxists, which has turned into the modern-day Democrat Party. So I am loath to hear putative conservatives, pseudo-conservatives, even people who've been conservative, to mouth a foreign policy without any kind of substantive principles except labeling their opponents and labeling themselves. We're good and they're bad. This isn't third grade. This is serious stuff. As best as I can tell, it's a combination of George McGovern, who was a radical leftist in his day, and Pat Buchanan. That's as best as I can tell. But it's not clear. As for Donald Trump, Donald Trump has never been a cut-and-run guy. Not in business and not in foreign policy. Listen carefully to what he says. Even listen carefully or read carefully what he said. This is not our war. This is Europe's war. Correct. I don't even disagree with that. But what would Donald Trump do? He's already said. He would insist that Europe provide more weapons to Ukraine and more money to Ukraine. What else has he said? He could end it in a day. Does he mean dropping nuclear bombs? No. He means negotiations of some kind or another. After all, the Russians are hurting, are they not? He doesn't say we have no interest here, so screw it. He didn't even say that in Afghanistan. 
This isn't a battle over territory. This is a battle over freedom. Including our freedom. We cannot survive without allies. They cannot survive without us. Even communist China understands that. Even fascistic Russia understands that. Even the Islamo-Nazis in Tehran understand that. Even the inbred in North Korea understand that. That's why they have built an access. We now have an access of enemies. They're allies with each other. Why? Why don't they go it alone? Because they can't. So what is this? Doctrine, this foreign policy. It's what I say about the Marxists. Please give us your, your blueprints. I want to know where you're taking us. And I would say to the pacifists among us, some of whom are actually putinoids, please give us your, give us your blueprint. Unless the United States is directly attacked, we're not going to get involved. Is that, is that the position? No. If we have an agreement with an ally like Ukraine in 1994, give your nukes to the Russians and we, the Russians and the British, will protect your sovereignty. Does that mean anything? Well, to some people, apparently not. Why are they so cocksure that if Putin doesn't work his way through Ukraine, and he would take Ukraine in three days if we dropped everything, that they're not going to attack Poland when he says they are. They said that Poland's going to have to adjust their boundaries. What do you think that means? Why do you think Romania is saying that they want to attack Romania? You think these people are bluffing? Why do you think the Balkan states... Finland, for God's sake, that was neutral during World War II. It's not neutral anymore. It's desperate to get into NATO. Over at the Heritage Foundation, I've been doing my research. Wasn't that long ago when the Heritage Foundation was saying expand NATO. Bring all these countries in. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying send all these troops in there do anything like that. There's a difference, you know, that the New York Times brushes over and that the opponents of supporting an ally in freedom brush over. And their arguments keep changing, I notice, the pacifists within the Republican Party. And by the way, it's not the first time this has happened. It happened through the 20s and 30s. And so we were really, our backs were against the wall when when we were attacked by the Japanese at Pearl Harbor, when Hitler declared war on us and Italy declared war on us, we weren't ready. We were on our heels. The pacifists were in charge in both parties. And of course, they had an American first movement led by Charles Lindbergh. And as soon as we were attacked at Pearl Harbor, Charles Lindbergh reversed course. And they dismantled the so-called America First group, which had tens of thousands of active members. And Charles Lindbergh actually insisted on flying some flights in support of the United States. There were big voices out there. 
Joe Kennedy Sr. that actually supported the enemy. As Germany was getting stronger and stronger. The crown in Britain. The duke, who was the would-be king, had communications with the Third Reich. The Washington Post's lead writer in Berlin was very sympathetic to the Third Reich. So there's always people like that. And there always will be. First, we were told the Russians would not invade Ukraine as they put 200,000 soldiers and thousands of tanks on the border. The Putinoids and the pacifists assured us that they weren't going to invade Ukraine. But they did. Oops. Did they even admit to making a mistake? And yet they pretend they can read Putin's mind. They won't listen to his voice. They won't listen to what he says. They won't look at his actions. No. They're reading his mind. There's no way he's going into Poland, Mark. His military's just too weak and blah, 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 and so forth. It's about territory. Well, what the hell do you think's going on between Israel and their neighbors? It's about territory. What the hell do you think it was about in World War II when one European country after another was conquered? It's territory. Territory? The war's about territory? Ukraine wasn't seeking territory. Putin already took Crimea away from Ukraine. Before that, he took half of Georgia. Now he wants all of Ukraine. This clown, his second-in-command, blurted it out today. That as far back as 2010, they weren't looking for peace of Ukraine. They wanted to conquer Ukraine. And if these candidates would bother to read what Putin wrote almost two years ago, July, two summers ago, you don't have to believe me. Listen to him. Now, if I were a hawk or a neocon... What would I be saying now? I'd be saying we ought to take out Putin and a thousand other stupid things. But the Ukrainians are fighting on their own with our weapon, with our advice, with our resources. They're doing something that a lot of allies won't do and can't do. There are many countries the people are fighting like this for their own liberty. What do you think Reagan would do? What do you think Reagan would do? Did he help the Nicaraguan freedom fighters? Yes. Did he help the Angolan freedom fighters? Yes. Did he help the the Afghan freedom fighters? Yes. Did they help the Eastern European freedom fighters? Yes. Do you think you'd look at Ukraine and say, it's none of our business? We don't have any interest here? An awful lot of wars have started in Europe, and not because of us. And the America firsters have a very bad habit 
They blame America first. Is that what they mean by being American firsters? I believe in American first, too. And the way you prevent a world war is to help the Ukrainians stand up to Russia and so forth. I've got a lot more to say. I'll be right back. Mark I want to tell you about something to help you protect your retirement. People are worried about the economy because 2022 didn't go very well. For one thing, there's the crazy spending and debt created by Biden and the Democrats. That huge debt affects your savings, especially pensions, IRAs, and 401ks. It's one reason Americans get gold IRAs, to protect their hard-earned savings. Well, here's a company I trust to help you with a gold IRA, Augusta Precious Metals. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? They'll tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. If you've saved $100,000 or more, save for your IRA or your 401k, sign up for a one-on-one web conference to schedule call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. If you have a financial professional, obviously talk to them before making an investment decision. Visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com and check out the risk disclosures as well. Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham don't talk for me. Like you, I think for myself. The Republican Party shouldn't become the party of appeasement. Why is it, do you think, that Xi is going to be meeting with Zelensky? That Xi has met with the Islamo-Nazi leaders in Iran. That Xi has met with the inbreds in Saudi Arabia. Wouldn't it be nice if one of these Republican candidates would have said, you know what? I will work to make peace. I will not give up our support of our ally. But I will make an effort to bring this to an end peacefully, which I think is what Trump is saying. Wouldn't that make sense, or are we out of it altogether? Just drop it and walk away. I'll be right back. I want to tell you about something to help you protect your retirement. People are worried about the economy because 2022 didn't go very well. For one thing, there's the crazy spending and debt created by Biden and the Democrats. That huge debt affects your savings, especially pensions, IRAs, and 401ks. It's one reason Americans get gold IRAs, to protect their hard-earned savings. Well, here's a company I trust to help you with a gold IRA, Augusta Precious Metals. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? They'll tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. If you've saved $100,000 or more, save for your IRA or your 401k, sign up for a one-on-one web conference to schedule call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. If you have a financial professional, obviously talk to them before making an investment decision. Visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com and check out the risk disclosures as well. The Constitution Man, Mark Levin. Call him now at 877-381-3811. There are candidates who want to be president. I remember 
in the past who were governors. One of them was Reagan. They always questioned his foreign policy experience. But Reagan was consistent throughout his life, even as a Democrat. It's an anti-communist. But even more, there were certain principles that drove Reagan to do certain things in foreign and domestic policy, some of which you may disagree with. But one thing Reagan was, was a learner. He learned from his own mistakes, whether it was abortion or amnesty, and he never repeated them. But in one area, he was rock solid and made very few mistakes. Oddly enough, as a governor, he didn't have per se on-hand foreign policy experience, even though they deal with foreign nations. But that's beside the point. And that was national security. And it was fairly simple for him. He was very, very well-read. And he lived through so much of what took place. But he said there's good guys and there's bad guys. We're the good guys and they're the bad guys. If an advisor walked into the White House in the Oval Office with Ronald Reagan and would have said, we should cut all support for XYZ country, small country, invaded by the Russians, and they would surely lose, and worse than that, God knows how many people will be slaughtered brutally. You think Reagan would have said it's none of our business? Of course not. He would never have said that. And he never did. And the most successful president in our lifetimes and beyond, in domestic and foreign policy, domestic and foreign policy, Because he believed in liberty. He had an ally in Margaret Thatcher. They thought the same way. John Paul II, they thought the same way. Helmut Kohl in Germany, they thought the same way. About the Soviet Union, and I think they think exactly the same way about Putin. Putin's two fighter jets just shot down one of our military drones. They didn't bang into it. They shot it down. Now what? Does Putin seem like he's afraid of us shooting nukes into Russia? No. But he saber rattles all the time. Soviet Union had nukes. Soviet Union's had nukes for over half a century. We were duking it out with the Soviet Union in one country after another through various freedom fighter efforts. They didn't shoot any nukes at us. Did they? What do you think Reagan would have said if they threatened us? Our nukes are bigger than yours. Call them the evil empire. 
His goal was to defeat them, particularly because they had nukes. So why defeat the Soviet Union? It's all the way over there. Who cares if the Soviet Union is threatening Western Europe? Who cares about NATO? Who cares if they're in Africa and South and Central America in the Middle East? Who cares, right? Well, isn't that the logical extension of what these people are saying? Because, again, I haven't seen their blueprint. I haven't seen their foreign policy doctrine. Other than, oh, yeah, D.C. and, uh, and, the, and the federal contractors and, oh, you and neocons. And it, they never explain themselves. Or somehow, if, do you think if we withdrew our support for Ukraine tomorrow 100% that suddenly we'd have security on our southern border? What kind of a stupid argument is that? Or that the Democrats wouldn't be Marxists, spending like drunken Marxists? Kind of a stupid argument is that? That it all rests on Ukraine? Did it rest on Ukraine before they were invaded a year ago? No! They opened the border. They did this equity crap. They started the inflate. They did all these things. All of a sudden, we're going to get out of Ukraine. It's all going to get fit. Don't buy this crap. And it's even worse, you know. Ukraine's not allowed to win. And the same people that say Ukraine shouldn't have the weapons to win in their own country. Not to attack Russia, in Russia, but in their own country. Then they complain this thing's going to go on forever. So on the one hand, they won't give them the weapons they need to win. And then on the other hand, they say, you know, there's another one of these endless wars. Because they're ideological in their approach. And that, in the end, is the big problem. You need to be prudential. Not ideological. And that's what Reagan was. You need to be strategic. Not Lindsey Graham. Not the late John McCain. You can do these things if you're a leader. And if the Republican base, and I say if the Republican base, because I don't believe it, or if the people are isolationist or pacifist, you're a leader. You got to lead. Everything's not up for a vote. Ever hear the Berkian trusteeship, Mr. Producer? I think I've talked about it over the years. We all at least think we like Edmund Burke, right? He was a brilliant man. He was a member of parliament. He was Irish, born in Ireland, obviously. He opposed the French Revolution, but he supported the American Revolution. Primarily because he said the French Revolution seeks to destroy the French society. And you, it was a bloody mess. People were being murdered left and right who didn't, who didn't comport with what the revolution wanted. This went on for at least a decade. He said the American Revolution's different. They don't want to destroy their society. They want their own government. 
and he supported it. They wanted their own representative government, not a democracy, not a parliament, representative government. When I was about 13 or 14, I came across this Burkean trusteeship, and it's always stuck with me. And I don't know how you can be a Burkean and a populist at the same time. You really can't. People think they're smart, that they can make it work. No, they can't, and they're not that smart. Essentially, the Burkean trusteeship is this. I will do what my constituents ask me to do. Except on those occasions where I have access to information they do not. In which case they have elected me to make those decisions. He wasn't putting down his constituents. There's certain information that are provided, even today, intelligence information and so forth, that cannot be made public, is not made public. And you elect people to make decisions based on that information. Otherwise, why have any people in Washington, just everybody get on their laptop and vote? Wouldn't that be a disaster? I mean, we're already opposed to drop boxes and all the rest. Well... That's the difference between representative government and democracy and parliamentary systems. Representative government. You send a representative in to make decisions for you. But so he said, so how do I make these decisions? Where I can, I will reflect what my constituents want. But on those occasions, where they don't have the information I have, they trust me, the Burkean trusteeship. They trust me. Or they'll get rid of me. And that's how a great leader should think. That's how a statesman needs to think. What's right, what's wrong? What are the principles behind this or that? What will happen if we do this or that? What will happen to my country? Will the country be drawn into a World War III NATO war if Ukraine falls and the Russians shoot down one of our planes over Poland? What then? So I would continue to arm the Ukrainians and then I would suggest I'll be the peacemaker. And the more the Russians suffer more likely they are, perhaps, to want to talk. But why is it that Xi fills this, this void? Because Biden's incapable of it. But apparently many of the Republicans running are incapable of it, too, because they either haven't thought about it or they haven't said anything about it. Which is kind of strange. In fact, it's very strange. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin.
I want to tell you about something to help you protect your retirement. People are worried about the economy because 2022 didn't go very well. For one thing, there's the crazy spending and debt created by Biden and the Democrats. That huge debt affects your savings, especially pensions, IRAs, and 401ks. It's one reason Americans get gold IRAs, to protect their hard-earned savings. Well, here's a company I trust to help you with a gold IRA, Augusta Precious Metals. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? They'll tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. If you've saved $100,000 or more, save for your IRA or your 401k, sign up for a one-on-one web conference to schedule call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. If you have a financial professional, obviously talk to them before making an investment decision. Visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com and check out the risk disclosures as well. See, I don't care what Lindsey Graham says. I don't care what Chris Christie says. I don't share their principles, and they don't share mine. I don't share their principles at all. I don't even know what their principles are. Um, Chris Christie was a lousy governor, despite his propaganda. And he is a buffoonish brute. Lindsey Graham votes for every massive spending bill that comes across the table. And there's not a conflict he doesn't believe we shouldn't be involved in. They don't represent me. They don't represent the Reagan philosophy. They don't represent Burke. Forget about them. No, this is about clear-headed thinking. Knowing who the enemies are knowing what it is they want to do, paying attention to what they say, paying attention to what they write, paying attention to what they're doing. Not about, I don't think he's going to do X. He said he's going to do X. Why don't you believe him? Because if you don't, you're going to cost a lot of people their lives. Ukraine should have been armed up under Obama. It wasn't. There were some arms given to them more than Obama did under Trump. Should have gotten more. Biden was late and slow like he always is. Didn't happen. In time. He's always late and slow. These are people who are fighting for themselves. They just need the right weapons. Endless war. Who says it's an endless war? That that doesn't make any sense. It's a little over a year. But these people are fighting. Thank God the French didn't say during the American Revolution this is an endless war after eight years. What, we have two victories, maybe three? They had 29,000 soldiers, I told you this. And sailors involved in the Battle of Yorktown, the final battle, we had 9,000. And the French went broke. Not that we should. That's not my point. My point is these arguments that are being made are so perverse. They're nonsensical because people are pushing an ideology. And then they, then they put a headline on it, America first. They're not America first. They're America last. Because every provocation from the Russians, they blame on us. Every provocation.
provocation from the Iranians, they blame on us. Now, many of you disagree with me, and many of you agree with me. And yet here I am, and I give my honest opinion based on principle. I'm not running for anything. It's true if you say that. But people always like to project, and they say, oh, this will kill your ratings. Has it killed my ratings, Mr. Producer? Our ratings are through the roof. Whether it's radio or Fox, where we were number one again Sunday night. Actually, all night during, uh, during the weekend. So it's, it's, if people think that you're leveling with them, whether they agree with you or not, and they don't think you're a chameleon or you're changing views or whatever than that, they're willing to listen to what you have to say, whether they agree or not. Whether they agree or not. But I also happen to know that a lot of people in this audience agree. This isn't about warmongers. We're not warmongers here. Who the hell wants to keep going to war than a few kooks? I have children. I have grandchildren. I don't want them going to war. I have grandfather and a great uncle and a father. They all experienced war in one way or another. In fact, my mother's father, who was in the Marines and was at the invasion of Iwo Jima and fought in Guam and lost his voice for the rest of his life when he returned back to the United States. He wouldn't even discuss it. It was so horrific. Particularly Iwo Jima. And my great uncle Teddy who fought in Guadalcanal he wouldn't discuss it. So I'm well aware, in that sense, how horrific it is. So at least I think we both, or all of us, want the same result. It's just that some of us have a better grasp of history. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, Over at American Commitment, Phil Kirpin gives us a heads up here that's very important. He says more than halfway through his four-year term in office, Biden is expected to issue his first veto. Now, what's it going to be? to block a bipartisan bill requiring fund managers to maximize your financial returns, you investors, rather than compromise them to pursue so-called ESG objectives like lighting global warming, excuse me, fighting global warming and pursuing social justice. 
Now, the Trump era rule was simple. Planned fiduciaries were required to make their investment decisions solely based on pecuniary factors, meaning the financial interests of the participants. You, your pensions, your investments. Biden's rule is the opposite. Quote, a final rule that allows planned fiduciaries to consider climate change and other environmental, social, and governance factors when they select retirement investments. And then when you point this out, you're attacked. Oh, this business, that business went under, and part of the reason is this, oh, yeah, yeah, right. And so this may be the first time in history that fund managers are free to use your money to advance the agenda of one political party, and in this case, the American Marxist movement. I can tell this word Marxism and American Marxism is really bothering the left. Because Salon, which is a radical left garbage site, very upset that I use these phrases. The more upset they are, the more happy I am. So the Trump era rule was simple. Planned fiduciaries were required to make their investment decisions solely based on these pecuniary factors. Financial interests. Biden's rule is the opposite. It's a final rule that allows planned fiduciaries to consider all the left-wing crap. And majorities in the House and Senate favored the Trump approach with one Democrat in the House, Jared Golden of Maine, and two in the Senate, Manchin and Tester, crossing party lines to get the bill on Biden's desk. Biden labor official Lisa Gomez claimed the Biden rule is actually good for investors. She said climate change and other environment, social, and governance factors can be used for planned investors as they make decisions about how to best grow and protect the retirement savings of America's workers. And Democrat Senate leader Schmuck Schumer, he advanced a similar argument. He said America's most successful asset managers and financial institutions have used ESG factors to minimize risk and maximize their clients' returns. Of course, that's wrong and self-refuting. Wrong because the available data show companies that prioritize their ESG scores underperform the market. An analysis by Second Vote Analytics found that 221 politically neutral companies in the S&P 900 outperformed the market significantly since mid-2021, up 2.9% while the overall market was down. And over the last 10 years, neutrals... Neutrals are plus 334%, while the overall market was up 230%. Former BlackRock executive Terrence Keeley soured on ESG because he wrote in 2022 an investor who put $10,000 into an average global ESG fund in 2017 would have about $13,500 today, compared with $15,250 he would have if he had invested in the broader market. And it goes on. Now, why am I telling you all this? Because Biden's going to veto the bill when it hits his desk. He's going to veto the bill when it hits his desk, even though he knows that this is contributing to, among other things, undermining the banking industry. This Silicon Valley Bank, SVB, if you will, was all in on this ESG stuff. 
It's a Democrat Party bank, for lack of a better phrase, although that's a good one. It was loaning money left and right, hand over fist. Over 1,500 tech companies that were all involved, all had their face in the public trough. All involved in that movement. ESG, DEI, a big FU, may I say. Financial ratings giant issues chilling prediction for entire banking industry. Whoa! And Biden's still going to sign this thing? Daily Caller. Laurel Dugan. Moody's. You've heard of Moody's. Investor Service changed its view on the entire banking system from stable to negative on Monday, following the collapse of this major bank, according to CNBC News. Silicon Valley Bank collapsed on Friday in the second largest bank failure in history. And the Treasury, Federal Reserve, and Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation announced Sunday the government would fully protect all depositors. Ooh, but don't worry, that's not your money, it's the bank's money. Which is so stupid. Silvergate Bank and Signature Bank. Moody's downgraded its outlook on the entire banking system the following day when that second bank went under, noting deposit runs at the two other major banks, according to CNBC. We've changed to negative from stable, our outlook on the U.S. banking system, to reflect the rapid deterioration in the operating environment following deposit runs on Silicon Valley, Silvergate Bank, and Signature Bank. Moody said in the report, according to CNBC, <clears throat> just like the last run on the banks and the collapse of Fannie Mae and the other institutions, the Democrats created this. All the money available to push their agendas. The collapse in 2008 came about because they wanted to ensure that people who couldn't afford mortgages, particularly in poor areas, would get them. Because otherwise it's racial discrimination. Or economic discrimination. Or class discrimination. You name it. And so, money was doled out. And then people couldn't pay when the market got flat and then went south and people weren't paying their mortgages. And the banks got stuck with all these, with all this bad paper. And so you bailed them out in that thing called TARP. And you're doing the same on a much smaller scale, but it could get worse. Because Joe Biden is the man who believes you spend more, you can defeat inflation. And that's what he did. And he wanted to spend even more. And now he's got a 6.9, it is. $6.9 trillion budget proposal. Massive debt increase. Massive spending increase. Massive tax increases. Exactly the wrong direction. Because he's an ideologue, too. I've told you before, what did Reagan do when they had to squeeze the Carter interest rates in order to get them down at the Fed? He slashed taxes. So you could survive, buy food, buy energy. Entrepreneurs could invest and so forth and so on. So while the Fed was having to fight 
what the Democrats had done in Congress, Reagan was making it possible for working people to work. Biden claims he cares about working people, bottom up, middle out. No trickle down, you know. The bad old days. Let's stick it to the rich. And that Marxist claptrap on top of interest rate increases will lead to a depression. I'm sorry, if this goes on, it's going to lead to a depression. And then what are we going to do? Well, if you thought the tyranny of government was ugly during the pandemic, you ain't seen nothing yet. Now they're giving away money to people who had accounts at these banks, well above the $250,000 cap. But you know, if this keeps up, you know what they're going to have to do one day, America? Take your money. Remember that little island nation off of Greece, Mr. Producer? People woke up one day and half their savings were taken. A democracy. But they didn't have any money left. So they took it. Under emergency powers. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Did you know Pure Talk saves the average family over $900 a year when you switch from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile? That's right. Save $900 a year on your wireless bill and still enjoy ultra-fast 5G service. You can get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of data for just 30 bucks a month. And Pure Talk is so sure you're going to love their service, they're backing it up with a 100% money-back guarantee. So instead of paying a fortune to woke corporations like Verizon, and AT&T or T-Mobile every month, cut your bill in half with Pure Talk, my cell phone company, and then start enjoying the perks like a U.S. customer service team that will make your switch easy, supporting a company that is veteran-owned and shares your values and that has you covered with a money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, to save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code L-E-V-I-N podcast, Levin Podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Let me circle back. I would encourage people who want to be president of the United States... Stop listening to people who are fairly new out of college. Maybe they have a column. Maybe they have a TV show. Even a radio show. If they don't have any real experience, follow your principles. Follow your principles. Because you're going to politically, politically live or die, either by your principles or their principles. You know, they used to say about Goldwater, in your heart you know he's right. And I would say to all the Republicans, many of whom I are friends and many of whom aren't, 
Your gut will tell you if you're right. If you're not comfortable with something you've said or a decision you've made, then your gut is telling you you didn't do the right thing. Trump says, I can end the war in 24 hours. He doesn't say, I'm leaving in 24 hours. Same thing with Afghanistan. Same thing with other places. You got to listen carefully to what he says and watch what he does. He was quite a successful foreign policy president. He really was. So he's got that, quite frankly. And uh, others do not because they haven't been president. But we shall see. I'll be continuing to comment on these things as they come, as well as other issues. And um, I'm just very frustrated. I can't really get into it specifically, Mr. Producer. I'm just very frustrated. Um, let me just leave it at that rather than cause a commotion and cause problems. I'm just saying I, uh, I'm very frustrated by by some of the knowingly absurd positions that some of these people have taken and will take. It's very frustrating to me. Or a country in decline because of the left Because of the left, both here and abroad, and we're going to have to uh, we're going to have to get this ship steady, or we're going to lose it. It's that simple. So, uh, I don't think a Buchanan-like slash McGovern-like position uh, is one that is going to win the day. I just don't, and nor should it. I had a couple of calls today from some very serious people. Good people, people you love. Who saw some of the answers by some of these candidates and were very concerned about it. Very. And so I point that out to you. So we have a financial rating group that is worried about the banks. This bank, this... uh, Silicon Valley Bank is everything it sounds like. It's a big Democrat liberal institution. It was doing everything it was supposed to do for the Democrats and the liberals. And it failed. Now, one of the things the Democrats try to do, of course, is blame deregulation. It's not deregulation, it's the directive of this administration that has caused this problem. For instance, here you have GOP senators pushed to keep banking rules loose one week before SVB collapse. Ben Werskel, so they're looking uh, Yahoo Finance. There's stunning events around Silicon Valley, California and Signature Bank of New York. 
come after news of moves in Washington to ease capital requirements on smaller and regional banks, including one that came just last week. So it's the Republicans' fault. It's Trump's fault, even though the regulation isn't in place. All these years where the Fed was screwing up, where the Fed, I used to call the Fed the drug dealer for the druggies in Congress. Remember that, Mr. Producer? Because it always took care of their fix. From Obama on through. Okay, you want to spend more money? We'll keep interest rates really, really low. You want to redistribute wealth? We'll keep interest rates really, really low. Can't keep doing that artificially. Keep your foot on the brake. When it comes to raising rates and yet put your foot on the gas. When it comes to trying to uh, prime the pump and pump the prime. And you get this, chaos, economic chaos, because of government interference. The reason for the Federal Reserve when it was founded in the 1920s, I think it was the 1920s, was to create sound money. That's it. Not to regulate the economy, not to... Because what happened was, and it may have been before that, during McKinley's presidency, the federal government was going broke there was actually a massive depression. And it was going broke. And the federal government was reaching a point where it couldn't pay its bills. And so McKinley called in what we call Robert Barons. These are not Robert Barons. These were fantastic capitalists who gave us so much that we even use today. He calls in Mellon. He calls in Rockefeller. He calls in Carnegie. He calls them in. And he asks them, can we borrow some money? And they give him like $5 billion, which was an enormous amount of money, of course, and save the federal government from collapsing financially. So now rather than these guys, they have us. I don't know how much more this can continue, though. I'll be right back. Did you know Pure Talk saves the average family over $900 a year when you switch from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile? That's right. Save $900 a year on your wireless bill and still enjoy ultra-fast 5G service. You can get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of data for just 30 bucks a month. And Pure Talk is so sure you're going to love their service, they're backing it up with a 100% money-back guarantee. So instead of paying a fortune to woke corporations like Verizon, and AT&T or T-Mobile every month, cut your bill in half with Pure Talk, my cell phone company, and then start enjoying the perks like a U.S. customer service team that will make your switch easy, supporting a company that is veteran-owned and shares your values and that has you covered with a money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, to save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code L-E-V-I-N podcast, Levin Podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The new American Revolution starts here. The Mark Levin Show. Call in at 877-381-3811. Joe Biden. You want to listen to this? This is really unbelievable. What a lying, what a liar he is. Here he is on The Daily Show yesterday. I only go on a show which treats him nicely. 
And so he goes on this show, Cal Penn, whoever that is, is a gay gentleman. Cut four, go. I'm curious what your evolution was like on marriage equality and what the federal government might be able to do to protect LGBTQ Americans, especially trans kids who are dealing with all these regressive state laws that are popping up. right. Yes, now. all these regressive state laws that give parents rights to know what's happening to their children as opposed to strangers. What do you mean regressive state laws, you jerk? But Biden's all in. That's no problem for him. Go ahead. I can remember exactly where my uh, epiphany was. Okay. I hadn't thought much about it, to tell you uh-huh. the truth. And I was, a, I was a senior in high school. And my dad was dropping me off. And I remember about to get out of the car and I looked to my right. And two well-dressed men in suits kissed each other. All right, stop Meaning- a second. He's 15 years older than I am. I honestly don't ever remember seeing that when I was in the high school, which is long enough time ago. He was in high school even longer than I was. So that seems a little unusual that he just happened to see it. But look, what do I know? Go ahead. And then one went, looked like he was heading to the DuPont building, and one looked like he headed to the Hercules Corporation building. And I'll never forget, I turned and looked to my dad. He said, Joey, it's simple. But you even know? that's kind of weird. How would he know where they're going unless he's standing there watching them, Mr. Producer? I, I mean, I'm just asking logical questions. Go ahead. It's simple. No, I'm not joking. It's simple. They love each other. And it's never been... So wait a minute. He looks at his dad, and his dad looks at him and says, it's simple, they love each other. He must have given his dad quite the look. But Joe, at the forefront of the civil rights movement, there he was when Mandela was released from prison in South Africa. There he is on some street in Wilmington, and his dad tells him it's simple. They love each other. Joe was so ahead of his time. It's unbelievable. Civil rights movement. Then he goes into the Senate, and he's a segregationist and a racist who opposes public school integration. It's an amazing thing, this Joe. Then we know he had nothing to do with Nelson Mandela. No march. He certainly wasn't arrested and imprisoned. But he still repeats it, Joe. Joe has to make these things up. Go ahead. It's just that simple. It doesn't matter whether it's whether it's same sex or a heterosexual couple. They should be able to be married. What is the problem? There he was, senior in high school, and he said, What's the problem? They should be able to get married. And yet he ran with a man in 2008 who said he opposed same-sex marriage. But Joe was way ahead of the curve. Or was he? Here's Joe on Meet the Depressed in 2006, by my calculation, just a little over six years ago, well after Joe was out of high school. Cut five, go. 
I can't believe the American people can't see through this. We already have a law, the Defense of Marriage Act, where we've all voted, not where I voted and others said, look, marriage is between a man and a woman, and states must respect that. Nobody's violated that law. There's been no challenge to that law. Why do we need a constitutional amendment? Marriage is between a man and a woman. What's the game going on here? Sorry, 16 years ago. So what's the game going on here? It's simple, Joey. They love each other. And then Joey, 64 years old, give or take, doesn't sound like he believes that, does it? Wow. Joey, it's now a joke that he lies, and, and he lies horrifically and incessantly. Media have no problem with it whatsoever. And there's this moron who's at the uh, Daily Show. He doesn't even know, doesn't even do any research. His researchers don't do any research to look at Joe Biden's history. Joey, it's simple. They love each other. And then there he is in 2006. Marriage is between a man and a woman. That's what he voted for. Marriage Protection Act. So what's the game going on here, huh? What's the, hey, come on here. What's a game going on here? Joey is very concerned about transgender kids, too. He has been his whole life, hasn't he? No. All those years in the Senate, he took up their cause. No. All those years as vice president, he took up their... No. And what is the cause exactly? Yes, we know. Children should not be raised by their parents. No, everybody knows that, don't they? Certainly the Democrats, I mean, they'll send out the FBI. It's a sin what they're doing to these kids. No, it's a sin what you, 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 it's a sin what you do to these kids. And these other sleazeballs do to these kids. They project on top of these kids. They, they treat them like they're guinea pigs. Worse than guinea pigs. It's sick. Cut six, go. But transgender kids is a really harder thing. What's going on in Florida is, as my mother would say, close to sinful. I mean, it's just Oh, now he quotes his mother. Joey, they're in love. And my mother would say it's close to sinful. Now, if you're really able to question uh, this uh, head full of applesauce, you would say, well, what exactly is sinful about what's being proposed in Florida? What is sinful exactly? I'm just curious. What is sinful? Joe, excuse me, Joey. You know, a parent and a child. It's called love, Joey. A parent loves their child. They bring them into the, into the world, Joey. Not all babies are aborted, and you know this, Joey. And so the parent, the blood and flesh, they have a responsibility for their child, Joey. And Joey, they love them. It's simple. And they're in charge of them, Joey. Not the National Education Association, the American Federation of Teachers, Joey. You should know this, Joey. 
Go ahead. Doing. It's not like, you know, a kid wakes up one morning and says, you know, I decided I want to become a man or I want to become a woman or I want to change. I mean, what, 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 what are they thinking about here? What are you talking about, you, you buffoon? It's not like they wake up one morning and say, I want to be... A lot of kids go through puberty. They're very confused. It's a difficult situation and blah, blah, blah. You can't wait. So some final decision isn't made when they're 13 years old or they're 7 years old, Joey? And who cares about their children more? The parents or you, Joey? And by the way, Joey... The smartest person you ever met is your drug-addled son? Good job there, Joey. Go ahead. They're human beings. They love, they have feelings, they have... We know that, you idiot! Oh, you children, they're human beings, they love, they have feelings. Yeah, we know that! They're our children, you jerk! Go ahead. He is... I don't know. It's cruel. And the way what's cruel? Notice he hasn't said anything. What specifically about the Florida law is cruel? That's what I would have said, Mr. Pan. What specifically about the Florida law is cruel? You need to press this guy. Go ahead. Sure, we passed legislation like we passed on same-sex marriage. If you mess with that, you're breaking the law, and you're going to be held accountable. Hmm? You know what's funny, Joey? Seven-year-olds can't marry. Ten-year-olds can't marry, Joey. There's a reason for that. What we're talking about here, Joey, is prebubescent children. You understand that, Joey? You know what that you know what that means, Joey? And so it's not cruel, Joey, for the parents to be involved and to make decisions for their children until their children are no longer children, Joey. That's been going on a long time, Joey. That's been going on like since the beginning of mankind, Joey. In fact, animals most, not all are very protected of their of their babies, Joey. Very protect most most of them want to protect their babies. Call them what you will, calves, puppies and so forth. Cubs. Some of them eat them, I got it. None of them abort them, by the way. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Did you know Pure Talk saves the average family over $900 a year when you switch from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile? That's right. Save $900 a year on your wireless bill and still enjoy ultra-fast 5G service. You can get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of data for just 30 bucks a month. And Pure Talk is so sure you're going to love their service, they're backing it up with a 100% money-back guarantee. So instead of paying a fortune to woke corporations like Verizon, 
Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile every month, cut your bill in half with Pure Talk, my cell phone company, and then start enjoying the perks like a U.S. customer service team that will make your switch easy, supporting a company that is veteran-owned and shares your values and that has you covered with a money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast to save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code L-E-V-I-N Podcast, Levin Podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You know, I'm sitting here thinking, oh, yes, I think and talk at the same time. Isn't that amazing? on how perverse some of the arguments have become when it comes to American national security. Very perverse. So now you're an elitist, warmonger, neocon, federal contract supporting opponent of securing the border and throwing Biden out on his ass in the next election. If you don't support surrendering to Russia and cutting off an ally at his knees, an ally that has at least fought the Russian army to a standstill. It is bizarre. And obviously, and these are, this is how the Marxists argue, if you don't throw in with the other crowd then obviously you're for war and killing people. In fact, you're for World War III and a nuclear war. This is the idiocy when you're an ideologue and you have to make these arguments. Nobody is saying we should send troops. Hello! Nobody is saying, not any conservative that I know, that there's a blank check. That there shouldn't be strings attached. Nobody is saying that we ought to give jet fighters to the Ukrainians so they can hit Moscow. That I'm aware of. And I could go on and on and on. So all these arguments. It's like the communist Potemkin village. These are Potemkin arguments. Do you want these people to be able to defend themselves and survive or not? Do you want them to be slaughtered by the tens of thousands and raped and their children sent off to concentration camps or not? Do you believe what Putin says when he's talked about invading Ukraine and talked about going beyond Ukraine into Poland? Do you believe what he's saying or not? I mean, you really have to delude yourself. You really do. And that's the problem. They just took out one of our military drones, the Russians. In international air, and it crashed into international waters. The Communist Chinese sent a balloon, a blimp, if you will, 
scientific blimp to gather our information over our country. But we're the provocative ones, you see. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. This is from Just the News, John Solomon's great news organization. He and I go back a long way. I can't remember how. Over th- it's got to be 35 years. Manhunt begins for ex-Hogan aide after he skips court appearance. I said, wait a minute. Not the Hogan. Larry Hogan? Authorities launched a manhunt this week for former Maryland GOP Governor Hogan's ex-chief of staff, Roy McGrath, following his failure to appear in federal court. McGrath faced the charges of wire fraud, embezzlement, and falsification of documents in connection with his obtaining of $233,648 in severance payment from the Maryland Environmental Service, according to the Hill newspaper. McGrath resigned a few months into his service in Hogan's office. He allegedly attempted to make it look as though Hogan had authorized the payout so that he could join the Hogan administration. McGrath has pleaded not guilty. He was scheduled to appear before a U.S. District Court in Baltimore, Maryland at 9 a.m. on Monday. His lawyer, Joseph Murtha, appeared unaware of the reason for McGrath's absence, saying we're doing what we can to make sure Roy is safe. And we see him soon, CBS News reported. Law enforcement did not locate him in his Florida home for the Washington Compost. The U.S. Marshal Service considers him a fugitive and has issued a, a wanted poster. And this guy doesn't look like he can stay on the run for long, Mr. Producer. No. And uh, I'm looking here for any comments by Larry Hogan. He runs a tight ship. You might you aware of that? I think the captain of the Titanic ran a tight ship, too. Shocking. Uh, But he's all over TV telling DeSantis what to do, so I don't believe DeSantis' chief of staff is on the lam, but uh, Hogan's former chief of staff is. Hmm. There's a manhunt underway, if anybody's seen him. And I do think we need to change this word manhunt. Because it suggests a binary sexual situation. Binary. Man and woman. It's not a man hunt. It's a they hunt. A they hunt. Isn't it? Isn't that what they do, Mr. Producer? I can't remember. To check out what media matters. What? A they them hunt? Okay. Well, we got to find the guy. Uh, We're not allowed to describe him, but you can pull him up on the Internet. There's a photo there. Uh, And you can see all the necessary uh, characteristics if you wish to assist the uh, U.S. Marshals. Now, Larry Hogan, uh, he was on TV the other day. Nobody asked him about this. 
If it were Donald Trump, you know, that'd be reason number four billion to to oppose him. I want to talk about this for a minute. As you know, I discussed this with you last week. Or maybe it was Monday, yesterday, but I think it was last week. This district attorney in Manhattan, they're coming up with legal theories, novel they call them, to charge Donald Trump. Even the left-wing media is saying it's a novel theory. Uh, but we, we mentioned this last week because it was in the New York Slimes that it was a novel theory. So you have a locally elected radical left-wing Soros prosecutor who won't prose- prosecute criminals, who's allowing Manhattan to be destroyed from the inside out, bottom up, middle out. And um, that he wants to bring a novel case against Donald Trump. Now, that, of course, isn't interfering with the election. Trump is, after all, the Republican leader in a number of these polls. But even if he wasn't. And then you have another hack, I mean DA, down in Atlanta. Elected Democrat. She may try the same thing. Then you have a real slob in this uh, prosecutor in Washington, D.C., Jack the Ripper Smith. He's thrown a very big blanket out there, mostly wet blanket. He's going after lawyers and advisors and this one and that one. And, of course, Trump. Got to get Trump. And he was chosen because he's a hack. Let me ask you a question. If you brought a case against a Republican, a former Republican governor of Virginia... And you came up with a novel legal theory, like the clown DA in Manhattan. And um, you get a conviction on your novel legal theory. And the ex-governor is sentenced to two years. And the moronic district court goes along with the whole thing. Then it goes up to the appellate court, the circuit court. And the moronic panel on that court agrees. And then it goes to the U.S. Supreme Court. And that court decides unanimously that what Jack the Ripper Smith did was rewrite the statute, particularly a phrase that's relevant, an element of the crime, and rewrote it in a way that you'd have to take crime tape and wrap it around every single politician. In other words, he defined it in his own head so broadly, and then that that was given to the jury where it wasn't possible it wasn't possible for the former Republican governor McDonald to be found innocent just having a meeting talking to somebody on the phone that was enough that was enough to get him Gilly and ruined his life for many years then the Supreme Court said, no, that's not right. If you lost in a unanimous, unanimous decision in the Supreme Court, wouldn't you hold your head down for a while, Mr. Producer, look at your loafers? 
that's hard to do. Unanimous? Unanimous. And then he brings another preposterous case against John Edwards. I'm no fan of John Edwards. I don't even know where he is today. Maybe he's on the cover of some... Anyway, so... Brings a case against John Edwards similar to the one the DA wants to bring in Manhattan against Donald Trump. But again, it's preposterous. They take the campaign law and they turn it inside out and they slice it and dice it. And what he tried to do is get the is read the campaign laws so that donors who gave I think a total of a million dollars or so to uh, to Edwards essentially to give to his girlfriend who was impregnated by him who was living in an apartment and he was kind of hiding it and so forth behind the back of his wife who had cancer you know real stand up democrat so the case was basically that was an illegal campaign contribution he was going what yes we're going to throw the book at him Jack the Ripper Rewrites another statute. Rewrites another statute. And not only that, he loses the case, and what does he say as a hung jury? What does he say? He lost that case because Edwards argued, among other defenses, that he took the advice of counsel on campaign laws, and he can't be held criminally responsible. He didn't have a criminal mind, what we call Rand's mayor. He didn't have he didn't have the criminal intent, the specific intent. And so Jack the Ripper Smith lost another one. And so Jack the Ripper Smith decides that ain't gonna happen again. So what we're gonna do is we're going to get behind the Trump lawyers and we want to know what Trump and his lawyers have been discussing about this case. That's what we want to know. And we're going to use the crime fraud exception. We're going to go to a judge where we never lose this judge, an Obama judge. She just retired as the chief judge, replaced by another Obama judge. We never lose. Isn't that great? And we're going to go in front of this motions judge or this judge that handles the grand jury stuff. And we're going to go in front of that judge and we're going to say, we need to question Cochran or Corcoran, whatever his name is, former federal prosecutor. We need to question him about what he and Trump discussed because in this secret litigation, secret. We believe that they were conspiring, that Trump was giving him information about a crime he wanted to commit. And the judges are still noodling over it. Still noodling over it. This is what Donald Trump is facing. It's unbelievable. And everybody with two brain cells to rub together knows it. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Turn. 
First of all, America, I want to make a big announcement. I have just decided to appoint myself the Director of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion here on the Mark Levin Show. So if the, how many staffers we have? Two, Mr. Producer? Mr. Producer, Mr. Callscreener, if you have any issues, you can take it up with me. And now, ladies and gentlemen, one of my favorite columnists at the New York Post, but one of my favorite columnists, period, uh, is with us, Carol Markowitz. And I met her for the first time, I forget where. And uh, she's a fantastic thinker and writer. And one of the hardest things to do is to think smart and write in plain English. And she's able to do that. How are you? Hi, sir. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it's a pleasure. Uh, You can call me Mark. Now, (laughs) Joe Biden does this interview, and he says it's really horrible. We have these young trans kids passing this law in Florida. He doesn't even know what's in the law in Florida. Right, of course. So I would ask you, since when is parental involvement and protecting children from marauders like this uh, abusing children? Right. So you and I actually met in the free state of Florida, and I live here now because this is a place of sanity and normalcy, Mm -hmm. especially where kids are concerned. And the fact that the president doesn't recognize that, or I think he he doesn't know what he's talking about. I think he gets talking points and just rambles on and on. Um, But any parent would want normalcy and sanity for their children. And that's what Florida is trying to preserve for all kids. Mm-hmm. By the way, she's written this fantastic book, Stolen Youth, How Radicals Are Erasing Innocence and Indoctrinating a Generation. This is a very thorough and very compelling book. <clears throat> and all you parents and grandparents out there, particularly you parents in these various organizations that go to the school board meetings and so forth, but everybody, you really need to grab a copy of this book. It's, it, it's going to tell you a lot of things you think you know. But you may not know. It's that it's that comprehensive. We're looking here, whether it's Marxism or totalitarianism, as you point out early out in your book, explain. We open with a chapter on history. I was born in the Soviet Union, so the history of totalitarianism is very important to me. And I, my whole life in the United States, I've always been a conservative, but my whole life people have said, like, oh, doesn't this remind you of, you know, the Soviet Union? And I'd say, no, it really doesn't. And I, 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 I dismiss that completely. But our current moment in the U.S. is very reminiscent of the stories of my parents and my grandmother. I was born there, but I came to the U.S. when I was a small child. So the stories that I heard of the forced conformity and the way that you had to toe the exact correct line and you had to say the words and you had to say them in the right way and you had to make a spectacle of it. You had to like put the sign in your window and make sure that everybody knew that you had the right position. I felt that in the last few years in the U.S. in a way that I've never felt before. And I think a lot of it is aimed at our children. They're trying to indoctrinate our kids And with the kids come the adults. And all these totalitarian societies always start with destroying the family first. And that's what I'm seeing happening today in America. And isn't it interesting, the sexualizing of kids? You know, we used to call this unlawful. We used to call this criminal. We used to call this perversion. And yet look how it's being mainstreamed right now. How do they... 
Well, explain how they're able to do that. I think part of it is that they use conservative outrage as a way of saying, look, the conservatives are mad at this. Therefore, we, we in the in-group of leftism, support this. For example, the, the drag shows, right? Parents are willingly bringing their children to drag shows where these dancers are, you know, dancing in their kids' faces. They would never bring their kids to a strip club, but for some reason, because it's a man dressed up as a woman, they are allowed to behave like a stripper in front of their small children. And it's it's really a mark of, because Republicans, conservatives, whatever, don't like this, therefore we're going to do it extra hard. And if you want to prove that you're with us, you're going to bring your children to this. And that's where where I think that's that's coming from. Then we have the pornographic books in school libraries, and it's a similar concept. It's like if the conservative prudes don't want this really graphic material in elementary school libraries, then that means we have to push it extra hard. And if anybody tries to stop us, like Governor DeSantis is doing in Florida, then we have to call them book burners and pretend that they're trying to ban books as opposed to just trying to pull pornography out of school libraries. And we trace this in our book, Stolen Youth, through so many different facets of, of life where kids are being targeted in this way and it's happening all over and parents need to learn about it and fight back. Very important book. It's called, if you have a child or a grandchild, but even if you don't, but if you do, for sure. Stolen Youth, How Radicals Are Erasing Innocence and Indoctrinating a Generation. And if they succeed, the country loses for sure. Now, you're in Florida now. Uh, You're familiar with Governor DeSantis' effort to fight so much that's going on in the culture, and he's one of the few, quite frankly. How do you think he's doing? I think he's doing fantastic. I think he's one of the few politicians who are brave enough to take on the threats and handle it in a very conservative fashion. I think a lot of the things he does um, really line up with my values, and I love that he puts kids first. That's really why we moved here when we were living in New York City and kids were just forgotten. Like during the pandemic, um, Governor Cuomo released a reopening plan. He had like concerts and Broadway and all the things in his reopening plan and barely mentioned schools. And I just thought we have to get our kids out of here. We have to go somewhere that they matter. And in Florida, they do matter. And it's been it's been really wonderful. I, I've never lived anywhere normal before. <laughs> Can I carry you over during the break? Absolutely. Stolen Youth is the book during the break. Run to Amazon.com. Grab your copy. It's a very important book. I'll be back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? 
Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Mark Levin, the thunder on the right. Call in now, 877-381-3811. This book uh, couldn't be more timely. Stolen Youth, How Radicals Are Erasing Innocence and Indoctrinating a Generation by Bethany Mandel and Carol Markowitz. Carol Markowitz is with us. She is the brilliant columnist you've been reading in the New York Post and elsewhere. And... um, so bad is this ideology, Carol, that they've almost destroyed the Disney company over it. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And Disney's destroying itself. I, I don't know why they don't see that this path to ruin is being introduced to them by these crazy employees that they have, which who are so in the minority. You know, I, every time Disney does anything, I hear from all of these Disney employees who just say, it's not us. We really, the, the majority of us here love the company the way it was. It's really pro-American, um, very happy, childlike company, and who didn't want to push any agenda and just wanted kids to be happy and watch cute shows. And Disney is just self-destructing, and it's really hard to watch because it is a storied American company. And I think Walt Disney would not recognize the company that is exists today. Uh, I actually was at Disney World um, a few months ago because I was speaking at a conservative conference there, and I figured, you know, it was between it was between scandals, so I uh, I figured, okay, they have they've been quiet for a while. Let me take my kids and see. And the whole park, which is one of their only money-making operations, are their parks. Um, the, the whole park is just ripe for woke activism. I, I could see it coming, like the Hall of Presidents. You know, they don't say anything bad about Donald Trump or the Small World Ride. They have all kinds of stereotypes of different cultures, which all of this is completely okay. But the woke people are not going to let them get away with this. The the bathrooms have little girl pictures and little boy pictures for the for, you know to know which restroom you use. You know, that's not allowed anymore. So I think Disney is doesn't realize that by capitulating to these people, it's not going to end. It's not like one day they're going to be like, okay, you've, you've reached peak wokeness and we're going to leave you alone now. They're going to keep asking for them, things and that will eventually destroy the company completely. Do you get a sense, and ladies and gentlemen, you can read all this in the book. Do you get a sense that while this may have been building over time, it feels like the last three, four, five years, They've been sprinting through the culture, every aspect of the culture, burning it down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the COVID years really sped up what was already happening. They were on a march through our institutions already, but they got so much power during COVID that I think. By the way, that's Antonio Kremsky. Very good. 
A march through the institute. I love that phrase. Go ahead. That's right. I mean, I hate it, but you know what I mean. Yes, yes, that that's absolutely right. Um, and you know, it, I feel like we're at a, a precipice where they could still be stopped, but we are are so close to really being in danger of this going on for for a long period of time. Again, I look back at these totalitarian societies, and I feel like they all had this moment where they could have stopped it, and they didn't, and it, it got so bad um, before it could ever get better. And I, I worry about the country. I worry about the children and the way that the, they're being targeted, I think, is, is so damaging for their development. We have anxiety rates are, are sky high. Suicide rates keep going up. All of this is related um, to the way that children are treated and the way that they're targeted by these people. Have you heard many leading Democrats object to any of this? I haven't. <laughs> No, no. And, you know, I have liberal friends who say to me quietly, I agree with you. I think things are crazy. I don't I don't want my kids, um, you know, hearing that they could be a boy today and a girl tomorrow, even if they have no problem with trans adults. They don't want their kids being targeted with this thing. Of and course. There's so much that they, you know, are afraid of. Uh, or during the George Floyd riots in 2020, I was living in Brooklyn and, you know, everybody put up their defund police sign, their BLM signs, because just like in the Soviet Union, you have to make a spectacle out of your support. And I had friends say to me, I don't feel comfortable with this defund police thing, but I still feel like I have to have to emote on it. I have to put up the black square on my on my social media. I feel like I have to or I'm going to maybe lose my job. And that's not crazy. People lost their jobs during COVID for all kinds of things. And among them, saying really sane things like schools should open. And yet, you know, that that's why people are so scared. And wasn't it amazing how quick we go from a republic to to autocracy? I mean, yeah. and how quickly it happened in blue states and in Washington, D.C. Right. And it's righteous. You got to do this and you got to do that. And then the cops are arresting people for living their lives. You know, you can go to Walmart, but you can't go to church or whatever, or right. synagogue. Yes. Shocking, no? Right. So quick. Very shocking. And yeah, so so much of it happened so quickly that it was terrifying, and I I don't know. The, the thing is that I feel responsible in some ways because before COVID, I would have said like, oh, Andrew Cuomo, not not a terrible governor, totally fine, and I, I didn't realize that 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 yeah, in good times, it doesn't matter who your leader is, but it's the bad times where you're tested, and that's when it really comes down to it. I think we've we saw so much bad leadership during covid obviously you know living in florida i think we saw some really good leadership too um but in, in general th these people were terrifying how much they enjoyed having the power over their neighbors how much I, I lived in park slope at the time in brooklyn very left neighborhood people were calling the police on each other regularly too many people in each yeah. other's backyards um it was scary to see this streak people again very similar to what i always heard about the soviet union that it was your neighbors turning you in it wasn't like the police found you it was that your neighbors turned you in and that's what was happening in brooklyn too well you have to learn to be a little more like me and that is to despise leftists even before you've met them <laughs> isn't that funny I'm learning, that's Mark. me I'm learning <laughs> yeah because because these people have bad intentions you know that's always well good intention bad idea no no at this point no. At this point, it's bad intentions. Uh, this book Absolutely. is fantastic. Stolen Youth, How Radicals Are Erasing Innocence and Indoctrinating 
a generation. How do two people write a book? It looks like you each took a piece and did and did yeah. a chapter here and there. Is that right? We divided the chapters, and it was actually a fairly easy division based on sort of what we most wanted to cover. Um, my co-author, Bethany Mandel, is a homeschooling mom of six. So I Oh, did my God, I've got two puppies here I can barely deal with. Go ahead, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no, she also has a dog. Yeah, that's actually oh, the craziest oh. part. It's not so much yes. the six kids she homeschools. The dog really pushes yes. the um, so we, house we had a sort of a nat- natural division. <laughs> yeah. Now, did you sort of edit each other's and make sure it kind of all fused together? A little bit. Um, we really we were both uh, long-time writers, so it sort of worked out the way it did. Um, right. I didn't really edit that much. Um, we, we looked at each other's chapters to see if we wanted to continue on, you know, that had been started, but generally we we didn't. Well, you did a fantastic job. I really think this is a, a very, very important book. Uh, and it's, and it, it, you know, we talked to a lot of authors and, and about a lot of books here, but this is one that people should be able to relate to and actually use when they go to school board meetings and so forth, because you're really, you're, you really peel the onion here. It's very, very important. Stolen Youth, How Radicals Are Erasing Innocence and Indoctrinating a Generation. You can jump on Amazon.com right now, or any major bookstore sh- should have it. But if you want it tomorrow, just jump on Amazon right now. You know, uh, some authors get more attention than others, but this book deserves attention and you get into all this stuff critical race theory and what's happening to these kids and and even how to push back so i want to thank you for writing this thank you so much thank you for having me i really appreciate it a long time fan of yours oh thank you it's a great pleasure and god bless you i really hope they do well with this book because this book and what's in this book needs to spread from parent to parent grandparent to grandparent It's very, very important. Stolen Youth. Stolen Youth. That was Carol Markowitz. Her co-author is Bethany Mandel. Very, very important. And she was born in the Soviet Union. And more and more people who've been born behind the Iron Curtain uh, are saying, America is like what my parents and I left. Uh, And so I think we ought to take that to heart. Because most of us weren't born behind the Iron Curtain, although people have escaped and come to this country and start paying attention to this. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. What a great book. Stolen Youth. I really encourage you to get it. Very, very, very important. And these gals, this book comes out when all these other books are coming out and being pushed. And they're great books, too. But this is very, very important. This needs to cut through. And uh, Stolen Youth, it's a very quick read. It's many ways very depressing. And it's endorsed by, among others, Matt Walsh, Christopher Rufo. I've read it, and I endorse it to you. I encourage you to get your copies. Mr. Producer, I'm going to surprise you. Is there... Any irregular American on the line, or just regular Americans, which is good. Let me speak to a regular American, please. Naperville, Illinois, Jim, on the Mark Levin app. Go, please, go. Yellow. 
Well, Jim is not with us anymore. Probably escaped the great state of Illinois. Yeah. Who's next? The great WBAP Robert in Dallas, Texas. How may I help you? Good evening, Mr. Levin. I'm a long listener to you. I'm Thank just, you. Um, I've never called anyone. I'm calling yes. you tonight because I think I have the correct information. Yeah. You had a very brief discussion with this very lovely lady about what's going on at Disney World. Mm-hmm. Is, is anybody in your organization aware that the Central Committee of the Communist Party more than five years ago purchased the entire Disney Corporation? Really? Behavior, all their policies. Yes, sir. Yeah. All their behavior, all their really? policies, their yeah. pricing at Disney World, that is it's so exorbitant that the and average... who's the American, head comrade? Who's the head comrade? I don't know about what, he, what you're referring Who to. Who are the members of the Politburo? I'm not friends with the, with Beijing. I'm not... No, no, no. Who the, who, 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 who's on the Politburo, the Disney Politburo? I'm curious. You say you know. I want to know. Call it that, sir. Oh, they don't call it that? I didn't say I knew that, sir. Oh. Say well, let me ask I... you this. Let me. Is that why the 25-pound soft pretzels are so expensive? Seriously. Pardon me, sir? Is that why Pardon the me, food sir? is so expensive, like the pretzels and those phony turkey legs? Because the communists, you know, everything is short in supply and expensive. Yes, not to mention the daily... Uh, fair, you know, uh, yes, yes, just to enter the park. By the way, I do know a lot about this. You are aware of the secret handshake, right? Have you ever seen that? I, I don't, I don't claim to be an expert, sir. I'm just well, saying. sir, 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 I'm helping you here. Have you, have you ever been to Disney World? Oh, yes, sir, I have years ago. Have you ever shaken Mickey's hand at Disney World? Yes, sir. I was proud to shake Mickey. Have you noticed what what Mickey does? Not now. No, I, I avoid them completely. It's a firm shake. It's a hard shake. It's a shake, 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 shake. That's a message. You didn't know that? Okay. Not no? with current information, no, sir. I don't go there anymore. Have you ever been to the Hall of the Presidents? Hall of the Presidents? No, sir. I Hall. H A L L. Hall of the Presidents. That's what I said. I heard that, sir. H A L L. I have not, yeah. sir. There's always in the background, if you look very, very carefully, and I have pointed this out, a silhouette. It's just kind of in the shadows of Lenin. You've never seen that? Well, you've never been there, you said, correct? No, no. It's my habits, professionally and personally, sir, because of my military background. I've yes. worked for the government for over thirty-five, forty years. Our government or some other government? Life. What's that? Sir? Which government? I didn't hear you. You work for I which government? Of my military experience. Pardon me. Yellow. Hello. Which government did you work for? I didn't hear you. United States government. Oh, our government. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I am a career federal employee. Okay? Yes. In- including being a retired Air Force officer who served really? over three and a half years in combat over North Vietnam, sir. Dropping really? Orders. Yes, in a B-52 You bomber. sound much younger. How old are you? You sound like a young... Three. How old are you? You sound like a young man. 
Sir, I'm still young, sir. I'm still very young. Uh, yeah? And what are you, 60? 65? Ah, get off the phone, you idiot. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, the men and women in, in Taiwan, and yes, Ukraine. And I'll see you tomorrow. God bless each and every one of you.